Welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast, where two highly intuitive women dig into everyday problems using our connection to the divine, psychology, and energy work. We support you in your self-awareness, growth, and aid you in your shadow work. Now we're your hosts. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Grace. Let's get into the show. Hey, angels. Welcome. Episode 146 of the Freud's Angels podcast. I'm going to move my microphone a little closer to my mouth. I don't know if that's going to make a difference, but it's pretty far away. Uh, <laughs> we are... <sighs> we are coming out of Mercury retrograde. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I feel it. I feel this. And I'm excited to be here for 146. And I feel like our topic for today is one that I had to use during the retrograde. So this is a really good topic. Thanks. <laughs> yes. What are we going to talk about today, Grace? Oh, my God. Like, we are going to talk about finding our anchor. And many are going to be like, I don't need an anchor. I already feel weighed down. But yeah. this anchor yeah. is... Or you're so like me. Zero anchors. I want none of that. <laughs> right. Not tie me down. Right. <laughs> It feels weighty. It feels weighty. <laughs> so, so for me, this, the idea of anchor and what my definition of and how I use it is when you're feeling out of control, when there's nothing in your life that you feel you can control, things are happening. You've got news, for example, um, I don't know when the perfect time to share this information is, but I, I got a diagnosis of um, endometrial cancer two weeks ago. And that was pretty disruptive. That was like some, somebody took my boat and flipped it the fuck over. Um, and so, but there was a lot of unknown. She was, and so, you know, you're waiting for the oncologist referral. You're waiting for them to call you. There's there's so much panic in the unknown. There's so much instability. And there was nothing I could control. Like, nothing. I can't make people call me quicker. I can't make the system happen faster. Mm -hmm. And when we're scared or fearful, like, in those circumstances, uh, you, like, you just, you feel out of control. And so you try to control everything and you control things that aren't controllable. Mm -hmm. And then you feel frustrated and then you get even more anxious and then you get wound up and then you get into your head about things. And then your head brain starts taking you on journeys that you don't need to be going on. And you're already like, it's not to say that we can't be in the stress of something. I gave myself permission to freak out. I gave myself permission to have a meltdown, but I knew in that moment that that survival good in a crisis version of me that I'm so glad that I have sometimes showed up and was like, look, there's so much you can't control right now. The only thing you can control is, is like laundry, go control laundry. Like, yeah. and asking, like, I was like, what can I control right now? And I'm like, you can control your laundry and how and doing it. And so that's what I did. I did my laundry and it, whew, it helped me take the breath it took the wind out of the sails of the, 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 like Vanessa, we were just talking about this, like the, the future thinking, the, 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 the prophesizing the future, the idea of it's going to be horrible. Like, you know, no information, but we've already convinced ourselves that this is what's going to happen. Like, yeah, like why is my fortune telling never, I shouldn't say never, I don't like absolutes, but my fortune telling isn't usually positive. 
always like very dramatic and very horrible. Yeah. It's not often like, oh my God, that's going to go swimmingly. Yeah. And so it's really hard. So it's like, it, like every day I've had to ask the question because it's, it's busy, unfortunately. And this makes me so sad in my heart that there are so many referrals to oncology right now. That means that it's being experienced on a level that is, is they're not, they're behind on their referrals because of the increase in oncology referrals. That breaks my heart. And that breaks my heart for the people that are going through it at a different stage than I am. And just for information and so that everybody's not like, oh my God, what's gonna happen? It, it is definitely stage one for me. It is isolated. It is, if I had to go through this, if this was in my life, this is the moment that I needed to get it. Like this is the moment it needed to be found. And so I am very clear with spirit. I've already had the conversation, already had my conversation with all the angels and God and everybody else and being like, what, what is this? How do I need to prepare myself for this? And that's another podcast. Like, you know, uh, talking about how to maybe handle news that isn't like that great. But for me, coping with it and the unknown of when the next anchor, because I wanted the consult visit to anchor me in this is going to happen. And this was when I'll get information. But because of being so behind, I did the phone calls that I could do. I made the phone calls to my my person, the person who caught it, like, um, you know, just being like, she said she was going to send a referral, but do I need to take action? And they were like, we just sent it, give them till this day and then call to see if what's happening. I called the place and they said, we're really behind. And I explained to her that it was a gynecological oncology. She's like, actually, they're actually more quicker to respond. So I'm going to give them the information and just, you know, kind of give them a little bit of time because we are, again, really behind. And I was like, okay, I have done everything I could do in that situation to make happen what I need to happen. So then I stepped into that phase of like, what can I control? Every day I've asked myself that when I started to get into a little bit of the panic and that I could feel it, I could feel it coming. And I was like, okay, what can we control right now? Um, all right, let's clean out our pantry. I went through my entire, like I have a bookcase for all my pantry stuff. I went through it, I reorganized it, I cleaned the shelves, I cleaned off my little cart that has my microwave and like my coffee stuff and my teapot kettle and all my stuff. I cleaned that off, I made it neater, I made it nicer. It was like, those are things I can control. And I also made sure that I was very clear in that if I needed a moment where I needed to cry and freak out, I allowed myself that because having an anchor doesn't mean that we're avoiding the feelings that are existing. It's it's giving them their space, but saying, I can't be controlled by them. Because if you lose all sense of yourself, you are, you're out, you're, you're adrift in the sea, in this big sea of whatever, and, and there's no tangible tether to something. Mm-hmm. And that's how I use anchoring. Like that's how I, I've had really great practice these last two weeks, like really good practice. And, and it's, it's been so helpful because I have had some moments, like my brain wanted to go rogue and convince me that if, because I have cancer and have to have surgery, that they're going to fire me at work. And I'm just like, really, really we're going here. And so like, we're going to pull a muscle with the stretch brain. (laughs) Like it's it's a lot one. It's a big one. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not to say I don't have the experience that we all experience. And I'm not saying this is an easy thing because it's not. It's it's just, but I I needed the space to process. I needed the space to connect with spirit in order to see like, how what is this? Like, why is this happening? Yeah. Because I always feel if something happens to our body, whether it's an illness, whether it's an ache, whether it's a pain, there's a there's something happening inside that is telling me that I'm not okay. Because I deep like when I'm an emotional upset, everything in my body hurts. Everything. Because I'm dysregulated. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm not feeling well or something is happening, it's an indication of an emotional or mental imbalance for me. And so it gave me the breath to go, okay, can't control that part of it, but what, you know, spirit, I need help. I need to, this is how I work. And it doesn't mean you all need to do that this way. You could have different support systems. But for me, I have a, my process with my body is a bigger understanding of those things and a bigger understanding of like how this is playing out into my life. What does this mean for me? It's taken me quite a bit to get here this is not an easy task. And I think, you know, Vanessa, I mean, I think that you have a great, you know, you've mentioned this when we were talking about it, about how you use it every day because of, you know, the ADHD and, and trying to cope with that. So my reference is like event type of like reference of this is thing is happening in my life. But I think I would love to hear how you use it in coping with the mind and how you experience things. Yeah. So for me, like I'm super emotional about a lot of things. Like I, like my overwhelm is emotional. My like to-do list is emotional. My I'm not doing it list is emotional. <laughs> and, and my, I want to do it list is emotional, you know, but like, don't have time. I mean, I feel like, like there's just an emotional thing for me. So when I think of the word anchors, um, I have to emotionally anchor myself in a lot of ways because my doer, like I, I, I just, I'll go all over the place. Right. Like I, I for, for me, an anchor, um, that I've, that I use the most, especially with dealing with my mind is the reality of what's actually happening right now. The reality, like, because I tend my, my out there, my out to see tends to be like either super disorganized and just unclear, right? Like it doesn't even have to be about a thing. If it's too many things and it becomes hazy, I get dysregulated just because I feel like there's no, um, no starting point sometimes, or I've lost the ability to um, prioritize. And then I get lost in the idea of what's the most important thing, um, you know, and that kind of stuff. So when I when I have to emotionally anchor myself and I say, I say it as emotionally anchor, cause I know that that's, that's where my flight is. My flight is, is the emotional. Um, it's for me, what's really happening, right? Like, um, because I can't get to the control part yet <laughs> until I know what's happening. If I start to do something, I will do it poorly. If I haven't figured out emotionally what's going on, or uh, because of the ADHD, right? Like if it's not hitting the spot, I'll go to the next thing and I'll like, I, I turn into that tornado. So for me, the emotional anchor is like, take a deep breath. What's happening right now? Plant yourself. And, and when you said the anchor, like it's, it's like, I feel that is that I'm 
<laughs> I'm blowing in the wind because I'm all air. And it's like, I just need something to just stick me in the ground just for a second. Look around. Where are you? Right. It's like traveling the world and being like, you need to know where you are to know where you're going. So you've got to stop for a second. Because if you're going too fast, you're not going to know. You'll be in perpetual motion, which is your favorite thing, but you won't know where you're going. And then you're going to be disappointed when you don't get there. Right. Like, so we've got to like emotionally anchor what is happening right now? What is what is really happening versus what you think is happening? And so I'll drop into myself. And I did it this week. I've had to do it the entire retrograde of being like, all right, listen, you know what you think is happening or you, what your brain is doing without your permission in this moment. What can you see that is really happening right now? What is the reality of what's happening right now? Not what you think is going to happen, not what did happen before. What do you think is going to happen right now? That's the only thing you can concentrate on because you cannot change the past and you cannot dictate the future. What is the now for real? So, you know, for example, I'm having an experience with, um, with a friendship where I'm like emotionally attached to it and fearful of losing it. And that took me into a place of needing all of this reassurance that isn't reality, right? Because it's just words. So somebody, anybody can say something to me today and it couldn't, it doesn't have to be true tomorrow. That's their choice. That's their life. You know what I mean? Like they, that's, that's how life is. So I had to sit with myself and say, do you want to live in that chaos that you're feeling right now? Or do you want to look at what's really happening today and trust and believe that you'll be fine on those other days too? Right. Like, so for me, my anchor is like dropping into the now. And this is where like, you know, when people talk about panic attacks, it's, it's, it's almost like on that level. I don't experience panic attacks, thankfully. I mean, knock on wood, please don't like bring them to me. Um, <laughs> because I, yeah, like I kind of tend to, uh, because I guess maybe because I've been anxious my whole life and been working on it my whole life. I feel like I tend to always be evaluating this, but, um, I do that thing, like when they talk about like the, you know, your senses and five things that you can see and four things that you spend, like trying to put you back into the moment. It's kind of like that, except I can't do that as tasks because I have ADHD. There's like, <laughs> no, we don't give me five things to see. And it's like, I will get overwhelmed and it's crazy. And, and now I'm in a whole other place, right? I have to slow down. I have to like talk to myself and say, what's really happening? What's yeah. happening right now? Do you have too many tasks or do you just not understand how long these tasks take and that's overwhelming you? Yeah. Slow down, right? Yeah. Drop your anchor, stop letting the wind take you and just take a moment to look because you're not seeing everything. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like if I don't do that first, I can't jump into the the control part that you're talking about of being like, all right, so everything does feel out of control, but you do have things that you can do, right? Like that is that is the you know that that is the the goal, right? Like it's to, to get into movement, but I like take a long process in the what's really happening before I can do that because I'll just I'll go do lots of things that 
are not helpful. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> you call it a tornado. What does a tornado do? Cause destruction yeah. until it stops. And, yeah. and that's what happens when we're not kind of, ha we, we, we are not tethered. We're not kind of anchored in a, in a sense of like a bigger perspective. Like we talk about it all the time and I'm going to say it here again, like awareness and neutral observer are the two keys to living a life that is kind of more of your choosing versus just letting yourself be swayed with emotion but and it's not bad emotions aren't bad emotions because they come from woundings they come from you know past experiences all of the fears you know the brain tries to keep us safe it's trying to do its job but it does it in a way that's not helpful um it's it needs to be fired from that job and give it a new job but you know it's it's you know in in that space of like it's just how we experience life and it's finding these ways and tools in order to help us cope. And I was thinking about that because I was thinking about yesterday and Friday, I met with two website clients and they're both high energy. They have a lot to say. They have a lot of ideas. They're really excited. And me being me and being that, you know, because, you know, in human design, I'm a manifester. And when you're a manifester and you plug into people that are of that high energy, I get swept up in their vortex. And so it felt like I've been spinning for like two hours and I'm just spinning. And, and afterwards I was so exhausted, but I was like, I need to do the work. Like I want to do the work. Let's do this. But I needed to rest, but I was on that. I still, my mind was still vortexing. It was like mm -hmm. still spinning of like, but I need, but I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's anchor in what your body needs right now. My heart is having palpitations. Like I'm, I'm, mm. I'm kind of like energetically not okay. I feel mm. like I was on a roller coaster for two hours and it's not a bad thing. It's, but it's having an awareness of when I need to take my energy and drop it somewhere, like bring it back into my body and not being out into the ethers. I mean, it's a, I mean, if you're any type of empath, it's or or you have trauma around needing to read the room, it's it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Right. And it's hard to cope with that type of energy and being swept up in it. And so, you know, even just in those everyday moments and not like moments of upset, but like knowing that having the idea of what your anchor is and how you anchor and how to anchor that works best for you, whether it's being tangible. Um, sometimes for me yesterday, it was about just like I had to do my dishes. I had to do something that was physical and not up here in my head because my head was spinning. And I like I told myself, you're not moving from this couch until your body has regulated itself. It is not regulated. And yeah. allowing myself that space and time and anchoring myself in something that was tangible in the physical world versus in the head world and in the emotion and the mental spaces and all the other spaces. But yeah. it having understanding and awareness of how to drop yourself back into your body. Cause when you're up in your head, like you were saying, it's like, you're up in your head, you're out of your body. You know, you're not yeah. even in yourself. You're yeah. in this ethers and bringing yourself back to the present and back to your body and recognizing that. And, you know, when you said about the, you know, five things you can see, taste, feel, or see, or whatever, like, that's super helpful to people that can manage that. But sometimes it's like, I can't, I can't even access that. And as you were saying well, it, I panic thinking, attack, like, yeah. <laughs> I know, I, I know it works for some people, but I'm just like, I can't even do it not in a panic attack. Are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> right. Right. 
And so, you know, how, you know, it begs the question though, and, and I, you know, I know you probably have insight for this, Vanessa, but how do we find our anchor? Like what, how we do we find the ways that anchor us into the present versus being into the future or being in the past? Because I think that that struggle happens to those of us that lay in bed at night and try to solve the world. Yeah. Well, it's because it's not one, right? Like everybody wants to be like, well, what's the one thing? And it's like, well, there, there is no one thing. There's a bunch of different things and every single person is different. Cause you even, I mean, you just gave us what, probably three examples of ways that you anchor yourself, but every single one of those anchors came from awareness of what you needed and yeah. what was actually going on. Right. Do I need, to physically anchor myself? Do I need to do that? Do I need to emotionally regulate myself and drop that anchor? You know, do I need to like move? You know, like is that, which seems like the opposite of an anchor, right? But it, but it isn't because it gets me into my body better in this moment. You know what I mean? And this is what, I mean, this is what sucks about it. People are con like the self-help industry continues to thrive on people going, oh, give me the five things. Yeah. And they buy the five things and they don't know how to use the five things. And maybe they're not even the five things that work for them yeah. or they don't know how to use them or when they use them because there's not that, that knowledge of you. You have to know, you have to be going, knowing yourself to be like, what's happening with me right now. Right? Like, because there are times, there are times where I'm like, you need to get on, you need to get on the elliptical. It's the only way you're going to think this through. Right? Because I have the understanding that sometimes my brain can't, like receive messages unless my body's doing something hard. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I got to be on there and moving and whatever. And then I drop in. Right. And it's like, okay, well, sometimes that's what I need. Other times I get on there and I'm a whole mess and I, and then I get even more messy because now I'm not, now I'm wasting my time working out because I'm not doing it right. Like I have to know myself to know what it is that I'm looking for in this yeah. moment. So that's like, again, like awareness is number one for everything. I mean, I tell people this all the time. I can't slap a Band-Aid on what we don't know is hurt, right? You can tell me you're depressed, but I don't know what that means. I don't know what that feels like. We don't know where that came from. So we can tell you to go take a shower. Yeah. Does that do anything for you and your depression? Probably not. A lot of people are like, this doesn't help. Like, because... You're an individual. What does what do you need right now? What is going on with you so that you can figure out what that is? So there's many different kinds of anchors, the physical ones, the emotional ones, the the connectivity ones, right? Like so sometimes a person is an anchor for you, right? I feel wicked out of control. My clients are my anchors on some days because I have to sit down and be there for them. So yeah. they put me right in reality. They take me out of all of the craziness that I was in. And by the time I'm done with work, I lost, I lost my, my wind, you know, <laughs> like, well, I guess it wasn't the end of the world after all. Cause I just <laughs> sat here for four hours and everything's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's so many of them, but I also was remembering as you were talking, I was like, yeah, sometimes the only anchor I can find is Vanessa, you don't know everything and you need to trust the universe today. Oof. That's Oof. my belief system. My belief system, right? Exactly. And it is like, you can, and, and I have, and sometimes I have to say it more than one time. Like you are choosing to believe that you know everything. That's your choice right now. And you know 100% that you don't. 
you you very much know so you can go forward with your knowledge that you think you know everything and really you know kind of snub your nose at the fact that you feel university le universally led and that you feel like you should trust the universe and you're just choosing not to do it so that's gonna you can do that choice right and, and this is that conversation this is the conversation that i had with my f fortune telling of being like so what's going on you don't believe you'll be okay if that happens really really when has the universe put you through some pain and it wasn't the right thing right <laughs> and if you do see it coming wouldn't you be better off weren't haven't you been better off when you've had like the let's wait and see i think i know but let's just wait and see haven't you been better off like yes so let the universe lead you stop thinking you know everything gosh i feel i feel a little bit attacked right now no I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh it's a it's a it's a straight up attack on myself when i'm doing it or i'm just like hey hey ego how you yeah. doing <laughs> oh my gosh well and i think it's because the you know it's it's it, it, I think that comes from the idea of, of the fear of not knowing because we've been taught that if we don't know, then we're not smart enough to figure it out. Like that we're not going to be okay. Like it's like not, we all, we sign on to the idea knowledge is power, but when we don't have it, we're like, I'm going to die because I don't know anything. <laughs> like the brain is so hyperactive in that sense. But I, I'm so grateful that you shared, you know, the idea of exploring how to do it but i i so concur that and it's not and the thing of it is is that i think people think self-awareness is like self-mastery it's not it, it isn't self-awareness is about either knowing that oh i see my trend i see my cycle i see how i get upset in these moments because i'm feeling this but sometimes we don't know why, like sometimes I don't know why I'm feeling a certain way. And I'm like, and, I, and I'll stop and be like, what are you really feeling? Like, what are, I know the reaction is here, but what is it that we're afraid of? And what are we feeling? And, you know, talking about surgery and talking about, you know, having hysterectomies and all of that and having that conversation of like possibly going into menopause and, and the fear and the fear that I have around menopause and about, because I already have issues like musculoskeletal, like my muscles and lean muscle mass and, and my bone density, like all that factors matter to me. And, and rather than trying to convince myself it was going to be okay, I asked myself, I said, are you worried about this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm really worried. Actually, I'm pretty terrified about it. And I allowed, and I and I inquired. Like, I think the thing of it is, is like, we have to know, and we should know everything about ourselves. And we think we know, but I think there's parts of us that while we think we know, we, we haven't been, there's a, there's a, this is where being courageous kind of comes in. We had a conversation a couple podcasts ago about being courageous. The most courageous thing you can do is to ask yourself, is this really how you're feeling or is there something deeper that I'm not understanding about how we're feeling? And to really kind of not sit with it, but inquire, give it space to have its voice. I talk about this many moons ago about giving it the microphone, giving our pain, giving whatever feeling the microphone to saying, 
I'm worried because I fear that if this situation pans out the way my brain is telling me is that we're going to, we're, we're going to lose the relationship or I'm going to not be okay, or that I'm going to have more struggles or I'm going to have more challenges. And, and like, I, I don't feel that I emotionally can cope with those challenges right now because I'm overwhelmed and I'm not sure I can cope with it. So therefore I'm going to project this as X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. The moment we give ourselves the microphone and give that part of us saying and actually inquiring what it feels like, creating an environment that we wish we had, because for, for people with woundings, it's it's most likely because there's been environments where we've not been okay in, where yeah. we've not had the space to tell how we feel and it be accepted and cared for and considered. It's just all about what that other person wanted, like especially parenting, like how I felt like I would stand there and I would get to a point in my life when I was a, a young preteen, I'd be so, and a teenager, I'd be so angry at my mom because I felt like she wasn't listening to me. She wasn't hearing me because she wasn't responding to my needs or to at least conversate about them. So it got to a point where I just scream at her and she would look at me and walk away. Like I felt so unheard. And I felt like those parts of me, like, it, it just, it didn't matter if I said how I felt because it didn't matter. And so rather than understanding how I feel in every moment, I just start projecting everywhere, making, oh, well, they don't like me because of X, Y, and Z, or they're being that way. Like I made judgments and projections because it was too painful to not have what I needed be heard. But over time and understanding that that happened in my life, I'm like, oh, I need to create space where I listen to how I'm feeling and consider it and be, give it space to be able to have its voice. The reason why I hold so much excess weight, the reason why I have, I mean, think about it. Your, your, your reproductive organs are all in your sacral chakra, man. What is that? That's your emotions. That's where you hold shit. And I, it, all the times and this, this idea of holding this emotion in because I'm not expressing how I'm feeling because I don't feel it matters. I don't feel I'm worthy to do it. And I don't feel people really give a shit. Yeah. That was my conviction. But when I re, when I acted about, this may have taken a different turn than I wanted to, but giving myself the space of allowing myself to express how it feels and safety to do so. And the fact that I'm listening and active listening to it, not to fix it, but to, to, to validate it, to give it its space and say, wow, that is so scary. I get why I'm afraid. I get why I'm fearful. And, and to be like, oh, it, it, you heard me, you get like, I heard myself, I gave myself a space to have an emotion and I validated how I felt. Holy fuck. This is really weird. And yeah. to kind of, and because Not automatically just reject it because right. it's wrong or try to try to soothe it in some way. Like, you know, cause I'm famous for that. Give me a brownie and I'm soothing some sort of emotional upset, you know, it's, but it, it kind of to actively kind of show up to myself and how I wish my life would have happened as a child or even as a young adult in, in relationships, mirroring what I'm desiring and giving myself that space gives me the awareness. This is where I'm going. I'm like, why am I talking about all this? <laughs> I just follow the train. And sometimes spirit is like, just keep talking. Yeah. And it gave me the awareness to be able to sit with the parts of me that are not okay without the idea that I need to fix it or soothe it. Do I still soothe? I self-soothe all the time because sometimes I, I don't have the ability to, to sit with the things that I feel because they're too overwhelming. But when I'm back to being regulated emotionally, I can sit with it and go, okay, why were we so afraid? What, what hurt? What felt overwhelming? You know, to be aware of where I need to maybe anchor. So talking 
with that part of me, that emotional part of me that is afraid about having surgery and going through menopause. I'm like, you know what? I get it. It's fearful. It's going to make an impact on our lives and it may not be the best. It may be, maybe it's okay. Maybe it doesn't impact as much as we're afraid it might, but you know, giving myself the space of what do I need to do to ensure I have all the information I need to ask questions. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's building trust with your emotional self that despite what you're experiencing, my anchor is sometimes being the parent I wish that I had. And my anchor is connecting with that part of me to be aware of that. What is really happening? What's making me be in my ethers was hate. What's making me be the tornado that is, that is coming and that is destructive. Why? Because if I understand the root fear of it, I have the ability to not let the tornado be as destructive as it could have been. And, but again, that's how we become self-aware of ourselves. Is it, is it a quick fix? No. We never promised you quick fix in this podcast. Never. We're no. always saying that nothing is ever going to happen in a, in a vacuum or overnight. It's a process. But once we kind of make that process to say, okay, what are my anchors? How do I anchor? And for me, sometimes it's eating that brownie. Sometimes yeah. my anchoring is self-soothing. It is, you know, whatever that is. But using those anchors gives me the that breath and that context and the ability to have space to understand and to cope with what I'm experiencing to have awareness. It's like the big package of, I mean, I think it's like if we learn this stuff as teenagers of how to, you know, understand our emotions, I mean, we wouldn't, I don't know that we need therapy all that much. (laughs) I I mean, it's, 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 it's a twofer, right? Like there's the, there's the, especially the teenagers our brain isn't fully formed until we're 25 so we need to do we need to do we need to do it again afterwards anyway when our executive function (laughs) is like we're ready to go but um yeah like there's the the head start that we would get so that we would we would certainly need less therapy right like for sure we would know like it would it just would be a whole different experience if we could get it, if, you know, if we could get this here, but it is also hard to learn things as a teenager. You know, like I, I had a discussion the other day talking about, oh, I wish I knew all this. I wasn't gonna listen. I didn't get it. The same way that when I went through infertility, I didn't really understand my body because I didn't really give a shit when I was learning about it in school because it didn't, it didn't matter to me. And my teenage self did not find that interesting, did not find that useful. I wasn't planning to do any of those things. So I didn't get into the down and dirty and and like internalize it because I, I had a child brain. I didn't have a fully formed prefrontal cortex to care about this, to believe that it was important. So it's like, you know, we've got to understand like, what's appropriate to teach and what's appropriate not to teach. And that happens even now, right? Like, so even now with us, it's like, when I sit down with somebody, there are some people that I can't throw a coping skill at because I'm like, you can't use that yet. Right? Like this, what we're just talking about right now, I this like asking why sitting down and asking why we'll put some people in a fucking spiral. So I'm like, we're not using that coping skill. <laughs> right? Like I do not want you to do that. Like do not, because that's what's happening is you're going into the spiral looking for the problem and you don't know how to regulate yourself through that process right so it i mean it all comes back to knowing yourself and needing to know yourself and 
asking those questions. And you and I do believe, I mean, I really do believe that we need a place to do it. We used to have, you know, when we think about it, we used to have community, we used to have elders, we used to, I mean, so it wasn't therapy, but it was, you know what I mean? Like, so we had spaces where this happened, we've just lost them. And now it has become a counseling space that we get it. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it is like, you know, safe awareness places so that we can understand ourselves. I mean, for, for me, like, I mean, I just sat there and was like, your self-sabotager came out to tell you to make it happen. Make it happen sooner so you can start dealing with it now. What sense does that actually make? <laughs> that, but your brain, that's the sense that your brain made out of it in its panic. You have to know that about yourself. I know that about myself. I've learned that about myself. So it is the first person I look for is self-sabotage me. Like, is this, is this what you're doing? Sometimes it isn't, very rarely, but sometimes it isn't. But a lot of times it is. I'm trying to push it so that I can get through the uncomfortable that I know is coming, right? And, you know, this past week it was like, well, how do you know it's coming? Because it happened before. Oh, okay. So every single thing that ever happened only repeats. That's what we, that, that's the decision we're going with today is that anything that ever happened in the past always happens in the future. Do you always do everything the same exact way in the future? No. Okay. So where's the certainty? Where is the certainty? And then where is the lack of trust? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and my, like, my stoic self, that hits my ego pretty hard. You know, when it's like, oh, you, so you think you can't handle it? Well, you think you're going to have a nervous breakdown? That's not what you do. Why would you think that's what's going to happen? Where, yeah. What do you, what's the real danger here? What do you, re what are you really trying to do? Well, I don't want to lose. Okay. You could lose them tomorrow in a car accident. You're going to live today like you're going to lose them tomorrow in a car accident? Because you could. It's the same exact concept. <laughs> right? And it's like, damn, you know, like it makes me look foolish, right? When I sit in those moments and I'm like, all right, I hear myself. Okay. So then what is happening today? What can I do today? What's, what, what can I connect to today? That's real and not connect to the things that aren't real. And my brain will always go, well, that was real. Okay. But was, is all you gotta, like, you can't anchor in the past. Because again, then you're going with that narrative that the past is the only indicator of the future and it's not correct. You can't do it. You cannot do it or you'll create it. That's what you're doing is you're creating it because you feel like that will help soothe this. It is not going to help soothe this because you know what's going to happen to you later. You're going to know that you made it happen and you're going to feel guilt and shame about it. I mean, and when I say that I do this process, this is why I can tell you step by step, because this is the step by step process that I've had to learn to do with myself. Yeah. This is, I mean, when I teach people things, it's usually things that I've had to practice or try on my own, because, you know, it's easy, number one, it's easier to teach and I believe in it. But um, yeah, it's, it's so many different ways to anchor. And like, I can't say it enough that it, it is individual and to kind of throw out there, like, you know, just kind of the few things, I feel like it's more of a ways, right? Like what do, what thinking right now when you're not in panic is the best time to come up with some of these things. Hey, yeah. when do I feel the best, right? Like this is why you find people that will go for a run when they get upset because they've understood 
they're like, hey man, physical activity knocks me out of things. So they can easily access that. They've learned that about themselves, okay? So like a physical anchor is gonna do it for me when I feel anxious, right? So I know when anxiety comes, physical anchor, right? If I am emotional, I'm crying, I'm whatever, I need an emotional anchor. What's my emotional anchor? My emotional anchor is look around at what you've got right now. What's true today? True mm -hmm. only today, right? Like it's, I mean, I wish it was simple. I wish it was like super, super simple, but it is, it's awareness of what, when you feel most grounded, when you feel most connected, what makes you feel most connected? Those are the keys to what your specific anchors are in this 3D world. 100%, 100%. And it's, yeah, while we don't know if the tools work until we're in the moment, we can decide what tools may help and try that we wanna try when we're not in the moment because- Trial and error, nobody likes to hear that because they're like, right. what, it might not work? I'm like, yeah. I mean, re that's reality, dude. It's a reality for literally everything that we do, but we just don't like it when it's upset. Yeah. <laughs> True. But in the spirit of the conversation, finding an anchor, knowing your anchors is, I think, one of the most valuable ventures or processes that you can start or take or look at. And like Vanessa said, like when you're not in crisis, like what are the things that make you feel good? What are the things? That's why I said sometimes I have to eat the brownie because I love brownies. I love I love food. I'm a, mm -hmm. Well, and when you know it, right? Like, yeah. is it not true that when you know it, you do it less mindlessly? Yes. Right. When we yes. do things, when we when we do our self soothing by eating mindlessly, yeah, it's a whole different experience than when we do it mindfully. Yeah. Right. When we're like. Hello, emotional support brownie. <laughs> yes. Well, there's intention. There's the idea of this is because, I mean, depending on who you are and your experience, your relationship with food and like food is a deeply shameful thing for me because of how I've been taught my relationship with it. But I've also learned to take that power back and knowing that no, sometimes food for me is, is, is my way of soothing the moment. So I'm not allowing myself to fucking go off into the ethers and eat the entire cake or fan of brownies it's like just being like knowing that i'm like okay you know what i need to be soothed and the easiest way to soothe is, is that's why i know when i'm having sugar cravings i'm dysregulated mm -hmm. i'm not okay i'm emotionally not okay when i'm craving everything and so allowing myself going girl i know we're upset we're not okay let's have a brownie and let's talk about it. Let's give yourself a moment to breathe. It's like having the drink of water or the cup of sweet tea when, and it, you know, when have a cup of tea, it'll calm you down. Like, you know, it's giving you that pause, that moment of you need some love, you need some comfort and this is how you receive it. So knowing those things, you know, I'm not advocating to go eat the pan of brownies, but I'm also not going to shame you for it either. So knowing those things about us, knowing those things about our lives and being aware you're raising awareness around where you feel good. That's where you start. That's where you begin to find those. Okay. You know what? Doing this makes me feel so joyous. So when I'm upset, maybe I need to use this to soothe, to get to that point where I can breathe and have a little bit more clarity about what's happening and what I need in the moment and how to support myself. And it's valuable. It's valuable. I just, I really feel that, that 
that process, this concept, this idea, this way we do this. And it can be come across in many different terms. Many people use many different terms, but this is kind of the way that we use that term. Finding that anchor is just, it's a lifeline to not letting all the things in your life, your woundings and your mental belief systems and your processes to control your life. It gives you the autonomy over what the next steps are and, or at least tethers you long enough to find the breath and find the space to understand it better. Mm-hmm. And it's why we, I find it so valuable. Like this could have gone, these last two weeks could have gone so different. I could have just been out of my mind and I would have been sick and I would have gotten sick er, and I would have gotten ill and I would have not have felt good. I probably would have eaten three pans of brownies and like gone off the rails and yeah, there it just, but having that awareness and having that understanding has helped me keep the ship afloat. You know, it, it's helping me keep the sense of like being centered in the knowing, being centered in the understanding of what's really happening and not that life is happening to me. It's just, you know, it's happening for me. And how do I, what do I need to do to shift to change the trajectory? So it's not easy and it takes a minute to get here, but know that we're here to help if you need it. Reach out to us. You know where to find us. Reach out to us. Let us know. Um, we're happy to help in the ways that we can. And um, until next week, uh, have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Love y'all. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room. To more deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast, I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at Vanessa Perry Counselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.